0: What's happening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with yours, Kwame Fisher-Jones, and I am joined by my man, Chris, Frank, I almost forgot your name, Chris, Chris Franklin, beat right <laughs> for the Eagles for NJ.com. We're going to get to the Eagles later on. We're, we're, we're going to get to the Eagles later on, a lot to digest there, but first and foremost, how are you, my man?
1: Not bad. You say you forgot my name. I forget my name lately with all this stuff that's been going on lately. My head's spinning. I forget. I don't even know who I am anymore. it Feels like, man. <laughs> I mean, how are you doing tonight?
0: Oh well, man. You know what it was. I'm when I was prepping for the show, I went down a rabbit hole and just so I got like a bunch of stuff was spinning in my head. And then right beforehand, I know you don't care, but I got to share this anyway. Right beforehand, I'm reading an article on D'Angelo Russell, and I'm like, why is this even a discussion? the Lakers trading him. Yes, trade him, get rid of him. And so that that was all scattered. But Chris Franklin of of NJ.com, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. So before we talk about the Eagles and, and, and how the world is crashing down on them, we got four playoff games left. Kansas City, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay and Detroit. Green Bay, San Francisco, Houston, Baltimore. Now, of those games, the game that sticks out to me most is that Kansas City-Buffalo game. I I don't believe – all right, I, I, I think Buffalo's going to win that game. I feel like Buffalo should win that game. But I'm not comfortable betting against – I was never comfortable betting against Tom Brady in the later part of his career. It didn't matter what was going on. I just never bet against Tom Brady. I was always surprised when Tom Brady lost. And I'm, I'm at that point with Patrick Mahomes. I don't believe that an Andy Reid coached playoff team, where Andy Reid always has a good road playoff, I don't know his road playoff record, but it's, it's pretty good. He's pretty good at home. I mean, he's pretty good on the road in the playoffs. In fact, the Eagles were one of the better road playoff teams under his tenure. And with Patrick Mahomes, at quarterback, I just can't see the Bills pulling it out. But I I, mean, I I think they should. Am I wrong here? See, for me, I, I'm going
1: outright Kansas City in this game. I just think okay. I look at the way, like uh, I look at Josh Allen. I know he's playing well of his mind. It just seems like Buffalo is due to laying A. It just really feels like it because <laughs> it does it, feel. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has rolled. They've been going. Everything on the streak, and they got into the playoffs and they've been playing well. Everything's falling away. It just seems like this is the this is the time where something goes uh-oh, Sean McDermott makes a bad uh, bad choice, like saying go for a fourth down or what have you, or Josh Allen, you know, game, they're behind by seven, and that's when he throws his pick six. It just feels like that. And I think that the Kansas City Chiefs defense has given them, basically could give them some issues. I look at the way that Steve Fagnall has them playing right now. I look at how Patrick Mahomes, even though he doesn't, he has Travis Kelsey, and it's like Rasheen Rice, who all of a sudden just came out of nowhere that last game. I think it's... One of the things I think they finally found their wide receiver they can rely on so much so now and I think like you know what they're clicked at the right time and I can really truly see them out, pointing outright.
0: Yeah, you know, you you said that you use the phrase they do to to lay an egg. They do to be buffalo. Eventually, <laughs> you are what you are in this world. It, it you know we saw it last week with the cow cowgirls um, cow and we saw it with the eagles we're going against Tampa Bay. I mean, hit hard, but it's the truth. You are what you are. You've been this way all season. You managed to escape it for a little bit, but eventually you come back. And I just I see a Buffalo team that I still don't believe in. And it's not that I I think they're a bad football team. I just don't believe they're as good as they've played. And things have lined up for them, you know, even outside of the division, but being in um being an eleven and six team the Miami Dolphins, being kind of a, a, war, a let's just say a team that thrives in the warm weather, allowed them to win that division. But you know, at home, I believe they're like eight and one or something. But they struggle on the road, even though the game's at home. Josh, I I just don't believe in Josh Allen though. I, it, it, when it's all said and done, I know they're a good role a uh, home playoff team. Kansas City struggled all year, but I just I just don't see Josh Allen making those plays. Wasn't he like second in the league in interceptions during the regular yeah. season? Yeah,
1: he's he's, turnover
0: machine. Yeah, he's <laughs> up there. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great way to put it. He's up there. You say turnover machine. Jalen Hurts was up there as yep. a, you know as a, as a guy that struggled turning the ball over, and it could have been a schematic thing. It could have been a thing where you know he just uh, the teams were blitzing. It could have been a thing where he wasn't seeing the field. Whatever the case may be, Allen was worse than him turning over the ball, which. You truckle down a little bit. I think Patrick Mahomes is up there too. So I just, but I just, can't, I just can't fix my face to say Josh Allen's going to the NFC or to the AFC title game. So I'm going to go with Kansas City in that. No, you know what? Oh. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas City. No, I'm going to go with Kansas City. I was thinking about it. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good, you're good. You're good. You're good. Go for it. I, I, I. I need you to talk me out of this, Chris. No, I'm going to – no, I'm going with Buffalo. Or give in. Buffalo. Oh, no. give you know, in to the Chiefs side. <laughs> well, no, no my, my instincts are telling me Buffalo's going to pull this out, that Kansas City hasn't been that good all year. Kansas City's only beaten one playoff team all year, and it was the Dolphins. I – yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I just don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and, but – Nothing is giving me any reason to believe in Kansas City other than Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and that's not good enough. That's not good enough in Buffalo, with a, with a Buffalo team that has managed to. Now, when they play Baltimore, they're going to get their heads chopped off. But as we sit right now, I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna pick Buffalo. I'm gonna pick Buffalo. I can't because
1: also not only not only do you have like I just look at your office like who I can I see we need a a, a James Cook type game. Because Gabe Davis looks like he's not going to play. Doubt. Oh, I was going Dalvin Cook. What I say his brother's right. No, sorry about that. But uh, you look at uh, Stephon Diggs. Diggs is dealing with a foot injury. He's going to play, but they had to mm-hmm. rest him and not anything else like that. So I just look at that. I'm just sitting there like, okay, if you have Diggs, I know everybody's banged up around this time, but you don't have 100% Diggs. You don't have another receiver that can take a little bit of the pressure off of him. So if I'm Kansas City, I'm just rolling my coverage over at Diggs. I'm playing up close to. The, um, Play my linebackers because I'm loading the box up. I'm saying, beat us. And I think Josh Allen, he's going to try. It's one of those things where I think it can make can't sink and frustrate, take away digs and frustrate digs to the point where Allen feels like he needs to force it to him.
0: And then there you got your interceptions. I can see something like that happening. I would agree with you, but here's my issue. Here, here's this is this is why, you know what? This is why, unfortunately, much to my dismay, I'm going to have to go with Buffalo. 17. 31, 19, 17, 27, 14, 25, 13, 26. Those are the amount of points this Chiefs team has scored in their last nine games, roughly nine games. My math could be slightly off, but nine games. So that means they've only crossed the 20 point plateau four times in the last nine games. And that was against a Cincinnati Bengals team, a Dolphins team, In New England and against the Raiders. So I just can't in good conscience say that this team is going to, this team is going to, is going to pull it out. No, not in Buffalo. I just, and Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he's had a, this is his first road playoff game, right? Yep. His first one. He may have a monster game, but I see a lot of drops by receivers yeah, man. Calls not going their way. And I, I see an older Kelsey brother, much like much like Jason. Travis is up there. He's long in the tooth. He's played a lot of games when he probably shouldn't have. And, yeah, I'm going to go Buffalo. So I want to transition. Yeah, so you got Kansas City. I got Buffalo. So we're starting out going against each other already. Yes. I got to. The, is there any other game or anything that you that you're keeping an eye on or anything? Because the other three I kind of see is clear cut. I don't expect them to even be close. But in any game that you're, you know, it's kind of piquing your interest a little bit. The Packers San Francisco game. I knew I you were going re-
1: to. I, I really look at them, and I'm just thinking, you know, that bye week does the bye week can be a, a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's a blessing in the fact that you rest up, but it'll be a curse because you can start out slow. And yeah. the one thing you cannot do with the Packers is take them easy. We saw the, the jump that they got on the Cowboys, and they're and I like the way they have their offense is balanced right now. Jones is running extremely effective with that running game going, and then you see Jordan Love is just he's just putting the ball in his places where his receivers can make a play at. And I look at them right now, I'm not saying Packers going to win, but I think they're gonna keep it a lot
0: closer than what people think. Two questions for you. First one and going back to Aaron Jones. So we touched on it a little bit last week of of how well he's played and, and how they've been able to kind of spread the wealth around on their offense. And that, that's difficult to say. I don't want to say, and I want you to just follow me. I'm not saying this is how his career is going to go. But when I watched him run the ball, there were only two running backs I've ever seen run the ball that hard. Now, obviously Walter Payton is a guy that everyone talks about ran the ball hard. I, I, I mean, I remember Walter Payton and I watched him a little bit, but he doesn't, like, I, I can't close my eyes and see him coming around a sweep or getting a counter or a veer. I, I just, I'm not going to hold you. I, I don't see that. But two <laughs> guys that came to mind instantly, or come to mind instantly, one was Roger Craig and the other was Ricky Waters. Ricky. Those were two of the hardest running backs, like the guys that ran hard, ran through contact. They were big guys, but they were also kind of lean. Um they got their knees up, but they were always able to get low. And that's what Aaron Jones reminded me of last week. And it was a um he had over 20 carries. They split split it up. I want to say it was Emmanuel Wilson came in to give him a spell. And it was right after Aaron Jones had ripped off like a 12 yard run. And I pause it, and rewound and I told my son, I said, look at how hard he's running. So I showed it, and then I showed it. him. So he said, yeah, I can see the difference instantly. I said, I have never, I can't remember a guy, I had to really think to watch a guy run that hard, that effective throughout a game. Problem is, and here's the second part of my statement, I don't think the Packers think they can win this game. So if, why am I going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Do you honestly believe Jordan Love thinks he's going to go into San Francisco and win this football game.
1: I think he does because I think when you're playing as well as you can, you're playing confidence. They already went in and beat the two seed. So, you know, everything, if anything, I think they may go in. If anything, I think they go in overconfident because you really mm-hmm. you beat a number two team, uh, a Dallas Cowboys team who was getting a lot of talk around around the country as a potential coming out of the NFC as a Super Bowl, which we all know that's uh that, that was a very well not going to happen, but that's a whole other argument. But you look at it, it's like I think that they're playing with house money. You're a seven seed. Nobody expects you to be this way, and you beat the number two seed already on the road. You know you're going on the road the whole entire playoffs. Embrace it. And it's one of those things where it's eerily looking like 2010 all over again when they made that run with Aaron Rodgers in, in, into the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't believe a I don't think they're going to win it that way. I don't think it's it's. I probably if I had to put it for Sanjor, I think it's like a twenty five percent chance they win this game, and I think that's still pretty high. But I, I think they're
0: coming in confident. I think they really believe they can go in there and win that game, especially if they go to Dallas. I, I I disagree with you completely on this. The first one is I. Well, first of all, I agree with you that they can, but I disagree with you that they will, and that they think that they can. Going into Dallas was just. Just because no one talked about Green Bay doesn't mean they didn't exist. And that was the thing that I, I took from last week. It was – I don't know if so many people believe – maybe they did. You know, the Cowboys, when, the cow, when Dallas wins, they win. And when they lose, it like it's always a big deal. It's always an extreme on either side. But I, I didn't get the impression that anyone believed in Dallas to win the Super Bowl or even con, contend for a Super Bowl. They did think they would beat the Packers. Therefore, there was pressure. Green Bay went into Dallas, and they, you know, you you mentioned house money. I think that they expected to feel a difference in the level of play. And so they were geared up, ready to go, and Dallas didn't deliver. Dallas didn't hit any harder. People always say the playoffs, you hit a little harder. You know, the blocks, they hold on a little. Like, things go up a notch. Dallas didn't take that up a notch, and Green Bay did. So when they got hit and was like, these dudes ain't so big, they ain't so bad, then it kind of carried over. San Francisco's going to bring that wood. San Francisco's going to take it up a notch. Then Green Bay is going to have to fight the, oh, so this is really what the playoffs are like mindset. That's where I think they're going to lose. And I also think for the first time, they're going to taste some adversity. They're going to be down a little bit. San Francisco's going to come out. They've been practicing for two weeks. Most people in their, or they probably had one coach, coaches setting up the Green Bay play, up game playing another Dallas. They've been ready for this. I really am a Jordan Poole fan. Now, with that said, you raised a good point about them going in there and winning, and you mentioned – I forget what you mentioned, but it made me think about Brett Favre and when Green Bay went in to beat San Francisco a few – wow, almost two decades ago. When they Uh first went in their Super Bowl, when they went in and shot San Francisco when they were with uh, Steve Young. I don't know if you remember that they got two early turnovers early in that game, and they kind of ran away with it and went to their first Super Bowl. I just don't see it happening, but I would love, oh, I would so love it. I would love nothing more than to see a Detroit-Green Bay-NFC championship game. I would love nothing more to see Detroit and Green Bay playing for the NFC title because, hey, you know neither one of them will be back next year. But then you don't have to hear, I don't have to hear about how great Brock Purdy is. I don't have to hear about <laughs> Baker's, re, Baker's re, uh, he's rejuvenated, he's got a swagger, but I don't have to hear any of that crap. It'll just be <laughs> football, football, football. But I, I just don't see Green Bay doing it. I wish I could, Chris. I don't even think it's going to be close. I think the game's going to get out of hand in about the second quarter.
1: And see, it's funny you that. I would love to see that, too. I would love to see uh, a green rate in Detroit, well, just because the fact that, you know, the 49ers, they've been talking a lot. This this is basically their last area last year, I think, to make a run, too, because they, they got all have cap issues that are coming up, too. A lot of guys are being owed a lot of money, so. I still think they win this game. I think it's like the 49ers win this game, but I don't know. I don't think they're winning it at all, and no, I don't think
0: they are it, either. it's rough. <laughs> I think they're going to lose to Detroit the following week. I'll put that on wax right now. I believe they're going to lose to Detroit the following week. They even said it before the playoffs started, that if they played Detroit in the playoffs, so they would lose that they would lose that game. Detroit's a physical team, but the mo- thing about Detroit, that, that, that they, they don't have that pressure that San Francisco has. You said this is the year they got to get it done. I you know, I'm I'm I don't know the nuances of their salary cap, but I do know this. How many times are we gonna give Kyle Shanahan a crack at the at the bell? How many <laughs> times are we gonna give him a crack at Xavier Sword? No, Excalibur Sword. Seriously. Like, I, I mean, it, he's somebody's gotta take the Trey Lance hit. Somebody has to. You don't walk away smelling rosy after that stench and it all be copious. Like, no, 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 no. Someone's got to, someone has to take that hit. How much money did didn't he get? Something like $80 million? Like, did he get an obscene amount of money yeah, that they got to
1: eat? A lot. A whole lot that, that, that's going to cause them to, get, to be in that position next year. It's a lot, especially
0: for a first-round pick. and He traded them away? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so yeah. So, I don't want to say Shannon's playing for his coach in future, but I will say that a loss this early, or anything less than a Super Bowl appearance, you have to question what moves you're going to do with. It. Because, okay, I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew somebody in the Super Bowl against Kansas City, and that would have been their their trophy. But dude, that was like that was forever ago at this point. You know what I mean? Like the world has changed at this point. We're about to have another pr- like things have changed. He's got got to give me something on that one. Coaching vacancies. I want to talk about Eagles, but I wanted I'm gonna break the show up into two spots because I want to just get uh ten minutes on the Eagles. So of the coaching vacancies, which one do you think is the best?
1: Oh, if I'm
0: looking or at the most intriguing, offers the most promise, however you want to phrase it.
1: See, the Chargers one to me is is very really? intriguing because you have the quarterback there that you can still who I think still still ascend, and if he had didn't have Brandon Staley making asinine decisions, I think they would be a lot further than what they were right now. And you still have the wide receivers there. And if you just get a, a good defensive coordinator that can fix some things, they could be something. And, and even and that's saying a lot, especially in the AFC West and the AFC period. So, to me, I look at that. As, a, as If I had to look at all of them, that's a spot that I would really be intrigued by. It, it, even though I know the Falcons has – B. John, B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, has, and they have a lot of cap room. I still look at the Chargers being the one. I, if I was a head coach, I'm like, oh, I think I could turn this thing around and get and get some results quickly too.
0: What, what about you? I think the one – the spot where, that I think offers the most opportunity to win right away is the Tennessee Titans because of the division. The division isn't that – you know, Jacksonville – uh, Indianapolis, Houston, you know, you're gonna be fighting Houston with CJ Stroud, and that's pretty much it. Jacksonville, I have never brought in a Trevor Lawrence. I think Jacksonville's always gonna have problems every year, and obviously the Colts of the Colts. I think Jim Ursay, you know, prayers up for him, I guess, if you want to say that. Oh, yeah. But if I'm a coach looking for a team that I can that I can Build and turn into and and turn into a contender, a perennial contender. it's the Atlanta Falcons? First and foremost, the NFC South is a can, can I call it a, a dumpster fire? I think that's a clean that's, way to put it. That's, that's a good way to put it. Because <laughs> I was going to call it a bubble, um, you know, <laughs> conference like division. I, I, there's nothing in that division. Look, if you want to believe in Baker, and I know I got to do an apology, whatever, for Baker. I'm waiting until after they get smoked and then I'll come back and, and, and <laughs> you know, we know what Baker is. Carolina is still talking about what they didn't do. And, you know, in therapy, you learn you can't live through trauma. Like, dude, CJ Stroud ain't coming through the door. There's no backseats. You got to make it work with what you got. And they don't seem to have a clue what direction they want to go. And they got an owner that's furious with everything that's going on. So, They've got a lot of things. You got you you've got a far mountain to climb in anything in Carolina. And I mentioned Tampa him and then you got New Orleans. What is New Orleans? What is Derek Carr? He's a mediocre quarterback. Just like Justin Herbert. That was another thing. I would stay away from the Chargers job. Justin Herbert Justin Herbert is way overvalued at this point. And we keep waiting for him to turn into the next. And I I'm starting to believe he's just a, a, a numbers guy, another another You know, a numbers version or a player version of it ain't my fault, God. Just enough numbers for you to say it's not his fault. He's doing everything he can when in actuality he's not, you know. So I I would stay away from that when the commander's position is interesting, but I think Washington's cursed. I honestly believe that. I think they're cursed. I don't think they can turn that around. So it's the Tennessee job because it offers so much. And what are you expecting from Tennessee? They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a running back. They've got no defensive identity. The cupboard's bare. So you're going into a, a, a complete rebuild. So that's exciting for me. So you know what? We'll just go right into the Eagles. Speaking of uh, I like how I transitioned from coaching good. to good. Man, right into coaching. Now <laughs> oof, I, I'm gonna give the floor to you. And I'm just gonna ask you, where what are the Eagles gonna do now? What what's the deal now?
1: It's one of those things where I think Sirianni. I know there's a lot of talk about moving on from Sirianni. I know there's a lot of talk about blowing the whole thing up in a way. But I think he returns. He just has a new coordinator. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I think they. And they have say new coordinator, I think they run it back on the offensive side. Maybe add a, a veteran voice. Or you know, they make a tweak to one of the uh, offensive position coach or what have you. But I think defensively they're gonna clean the house, and they need to hire the right guy. And for me. A couple of guys that I'm looking at, and I'm, I'll give one that's uh one that's a, 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 a pr- in the pros right now. I think they they should really look at bringing back Art Wilson, and being that mm. one, it's not just for helping out the secondary, because the guys, the, the secondary, slaves, lobby for him. Bradbury, life for last year, a lot of guys, a lot of they thought he was he was a true coach. He yelled, he yelled at them, but he he was an effective coach. He's from that Greg Williams line of line of coaches. And that brings extra pressure because this defense has been passive. It's too much bend, don't break. Too much. Well, we're going to prevent him out the end zone, but we'll give up zones and we'll give up pass. Nah, this team, this defense needs to get that attack, uh, that that attacking style back and, and that swag, attacking swagger back to them. The other guy I'm looking at, I'm looking at college ranks. I'm going Jesse Minter. Minter mm. comes from he's a former Baltimore Ravens defensive backs coach. He he coached under Mike McDonald, knows him very well. Young young thing. He's and reason why I like him too. They use the multiple fronts. He's been effective. You see Michigan's defense is what they do best. They get a lot of pressure. They get a lot of pressure from their front and they get a lot of turnovers, too. And he's seen a lot of these guys coming out of college. He sees the trends with office do because the college ranks are the breeding ground for the pro ranks. And you see all those trends that are happening. He'll know what happens, too. He's an effective guy. Everybody that talks about him think he's going to be a one-day a head coach somewhere. I think get him now. Get him now at coach your defense. He'll be good that way. But that's where they need, they need a strong, effective defensive coordinator to fix this mess they find out, which on the side, Matt Patricia.
0: That's where I would go. So you're going defense, and I definitely believe I, – I, I definitely believe they need an attitude adjustment. I didn't think the defense was as bad as everyone else did. And I know that sounds crazy. They played a gauntlet of great – they played a gauntlet of quarterbacks, and they survived it. Um. I didn't like making a change. I just don't think you do that. I ju- I didn't. It didn't sit well with me at the time, but I didn't know enough about Matt Patricia to oppose it. Now I know enough about him, and we've seen the work. I feel like Sirianni lost the team there. You have to bring Sirianni back because there's nobody else out there that's, that's going to give you anything more. The Eagles dart looking for an established veteran coach that's on the scrap heap. I would really not want Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick on my sidelines. I don't believe in anything that's got the affiliate to do with the Patriots that's not named Tom Brady. So you can miss me with that. So Seriani comes back by default, but you've got his attention now. And humility has often been the secret ingredient of success. He'll definitely be humble now. Offensively, I don't know what's going on with with, um, with, with, with okay, Brian Johnson. Yeah, I was going to call him Brian Jansen. I'm drawing blanks on names. Three years in the NFL. Is that correct? Am I rehearing am I that correct? Three years in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two as a quarterback coach and one as the uh, office coordinator. Yeah, he, he's got to go. Um, more than <laughs> anything because the head coach doesn't respect him. And I really, 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 really going to really lose people when I say this. I think they need to change their offensive philosophy. I am a big Jalen Hurts fan, but I do not believe that he needs to be your best weapon on offense. He needs to not have the ball as much as possible. Now, quarterback touches the ball every place. How is that possible? I understand. But that ball needs to be coming out. They need to have 25 to 30 runs a game, and he needs to be throwing it no more than 30 times. Once you get to that 25, 30, once you get to that plateau each quarter, so if you break the math down, that's roughly seven rushing attempts per quarter. You know, you don't get the ball that much. But if you're running it, you will. I would like to see them go, and I'm going to throw a name out here and you're going to go, whoa, when I say this name. But I, I watched Colin Kaepernick. I watched Lamar Jackson. I know where he's going with it. I know exactly where going. <laughs> he's going. jersey guy. He's available. He is not going to be bullied by Sirianni. He's an old school spirit meaning he's in his 50s. Jalen is Jaylen is a balanced guy. He comes from a coaching tree that outside of Brian Billick is mostly meat and potato guys in Don Capers, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, Rex Ryan, and George Seifert. I'm going Greg Roman. I think they need to go with Greg Roman on offense. I think they need to take advantage of Greg Roman's ability to cultivate a game plan that fits Jalen Hurts because that's your future. If Jalen Hurts isn't any good, then the team's not going to be any good. You lose Jason Kelsey, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because the Eagles should have been prepared to lose Kelsey the last two years. They should have a contingency plan. They made some decisions this last offseason that bit them in the butt, but they were the smart, the smart moves because had they signed a lot of uh, Gardner, if they signed – a. I'm terrible today. CJ, if they resign CJ, they bring back some of the other secondary players, they're in a salary cap hell this year. They re-sign Hargrove, they're in a Salary Cap Hell this year. As it stands now, they gonna they're gonna have some cap space if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Yep. Yep, they uh, twenty eight point one is anyway. If you get Kelsey off, retire, you get Game off of that. And, and then, then you already re- re- your
0: slay. And they're probably gonna get rid of Slay. So they'll be able to be they'll be able to be active in free agency to get some better players. So I agree with you; they do need to go off uh, go defense, but they need to bring in an offensive-minded coach that has a philosophy, and not one that's not one that's passing. He can take deep shots because Lamar Jackson often took deep shots. We know Colin did in his heyday, but Jalen Hurts cannot be your offensive weapon. It has to be AJ Brown, and it has to be your running game. They can, you know. I don't know if Goddard is someone you can rely on. He he disappeared too much for me during times. Um, I think he's a good player, but I, I definitely think you can get more explosion out of out of him. But you've got to you have you have to get more out of your passing game, and that's only going to happen if you if you establish the run early. I mean, am I am I barking up the wrong tree here? You don't see that happening. Are they even thinking that way? or Are they trying to go with whiz kids again?
1: you said you said you brought up two things that i thought was very a very thing I'll, I'll start with the Goddard thing. i'll go into the other one the Goddard. i think they drafted him tight end this year yeah i really got that feeling
0: yeah because, you yeah. know he's
1: gone through the injuries a couple of times and he's sitting around and it's like and and, and the numbers out he, he should have gotten more targets so i can't put all the blame on him for targets or anything but i think it's just, he's in a situation where Jack Ertz once was and i think they get another guy to compliment because also you got Jack Stoll's a restricted free agent and Grant Calcaterra as well too sitting around so yeah I think it's one of those things from there but when it comes to a guy like Greg Roman the one thing that I know it it seems like especially it's been talked about in the past and the pattern holds true Lori loves those innovative offenses that especially he loves the the uh the the passing game I mean if you look back at some of the office the office of minds that have been through this this team and you look at that way I mean, he started one of it. One of his first coaching hires was Ray Rhodes, and you know who his offensive coordinator was, John Gruden. Yeah. Then you look at Andy Reid, all those years through that. And the next guy was Chip Kelly, and then you had Nick Sirianni an offensive line as well, too. So when I look at that, I think in, at the time they were all very young guys, up and coming, stuff like that. That's why the only thing. That's why I only think I, I agree with you. I like the Roman thing, especially. I I'm a big proponent of the pistol offense and using that to move around, and he did that. With Kaepernick and the pistol, it was it worked out wonders with that. But I look at that and I'm thinking, like, you know what? It doesn't fit the the scenario for him to bring that person in. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, maybe I hope it doesn't happen. But you know who one of Nick's friends is, right? We saw what happened down in Alabama. Tommy Reese, does he go that way? Yeah, yeah. That's one of his close friends. So I hope I don't think it will. I think he's going to get more pressure to not something like that. I think is we, but I think it's going to be a young guy that's in the league from a high-powered offense that maybe like a wide receivers coach, offensive assistant, like what have you, and move him up to and, and at least help out with the offense. But I think I think Brian, unless Brian Johnson gets one of those spots, there are seven spots that are going to be open. A couple, I think a couple of guys are going to be from these teams that are playoffs right now. So I think the four of them, four or five of them will be. But imagine. The Panthers are very interested in Alec Hallaby. They like him for a while. Hallaby takes Brian – maybe Halliby, he's the assistant general manager at Eagles. Maybe he takes Brian Johnson with him and help, tries to help develop Bryce Young. So maybe that's why they're really looking at the line. But, yeah, I think Brian Johnson is very well respected around the league, and that's why I think he'd even be back to give him another shot too.
0: Yeah, I, I would be shocked if they bring him back. I, I, I just don't think they as a, an organization can afford – another fiasco like they had. Like, they just refused to run the ball. And, you know, Troy Aikman had the line of the night, and I'll get you out on this. He said, you know, Emmitt Smith, so they were playing Tampa Bay, and obviously Tampa Bay's, like, got 72 men on the line of scrimmage. And Troy says, you know, look, I get their load in the box, I get their dropping safety down, but Emmitt Smith wouldn't be the all-time leading rusher if we didn't run against 10 men fronts or 5 men fronts or 8-man fronts. He said, so sometimes you just got to get out there and, get, and, and, and you got to run the ball either way. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. And I just kept thinking that. And it felt like there was something going on other than football. And it, it, it seeped its way into this team. And you can't come back with the same guys. You got it. You know, I get it. Fletcher Cox, will. Uh, we know Brandon Graham will be back. Kelsey's obviously retired. Fletcher Cox is still in the air. The veteran leadership thing that they were peddling out there, while it sounds good, it sounds good and surround sound, it really didn't come to fruition. it really didn't come out. There was something going on with your quarterback, there was something going on with your defense, specifically your secondary, and there was something going on with your head coach. And the three of those things have to change. They just have to change and they get the same results. Chris, I appreciate you, brother. I know it's close to midnight. Oh, it is midnight your time. So I uh, thank you. Um, see you next week for a Green Bay-Detroit uh, NFC title game. <laughs>
1: hey, no worries. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Always great talking,
0: man. No doubt, man. Well, that's it for this episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk. If you like the pod, Unparalleled Sports Talk. If you like the podcast, make sure you share, subscribe, comment, do whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. For Chris, for Chris Franklin, I am possibly Kwame Fisher-Jones, tongue-tied tonight, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate (laughs) the time here. Be busy.